Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Here's a snippet of what's to come. You're plonked in the middle of London. You speak English and you have five pounds in your pocket and you just left your own devices. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. This is your host, Ibrahim Khan, and your co-host, Mohsin Patel. And for once, we're actually in the same room because I've just got here. At the same time. Yes. We are very much uh, looking forward to this, inshallah. Inshallah. That was such a filler. (laughs) Bad filler. (laughs) Right. So today, inshallah, we're going to be talking through a thought experiment so, Mohsin, you had this idea about our parents when they came across a lot of Asian, you know, parents. They were news agents or workers in factories and stuff. Yeah. And that was just because of the nature of the economy at the time and what they could do and stuff. But the thought experiment is that you're plonked in the middle of London. Uh, you're like 18, let's say, or 20 or whatever. Yeah. And you speak English and you have five pounds in your pocket. And you just left your own devices. No family connections, no friends. Hmm. You're just on Earl's Court Station, standing outside Earl's Court Station. And it's up to you now to make your ends meet and just make things happen. What do you do? Find the masjid. All right. You've done that. Gone in there. You've banged out two regards. (laughs) (laughs) Istikhara. <laughs> what I should do next? The masjid's a great place though, and surely there's a lot of hikmah in the concept of the masjid, because that's the first thing that I do in any strange place. No, yeah, but as in not like the first thing, but as in it's a source of great comfort. Yeah, finding yeah. a masjid, and in this particular instance, I think it's doubly useful because there's a few things you can do. One is obviously you've got a masjid. Second, you've got a place to kind of refresh physically. Yeah. Third, you've got and quite crucially here is connections. Yeah. And if it's a decent masjid, you might find that they've got like activities or like clubs or whatever. And from there you can start developing a social circle. Yeah. And one of the really key things that I've learned as in going out of the thought experiment for a second is that everything happens through your human connections. So I think that the masjid would be a fantastic place to start. All right. So you're at this masjid then. What's your next move? So, like, you know, it's Asr time. You've done Asr. Yeah. You met a few uncles and stuff. And, uh, like, one of the uncles runs, I don't know, a news agent. Yeah. The other one runs a garage. Yeah. And uh, you made friends with them, whatever. Mm. What's I, the next move? I think my first port of call here would be, like, safety first. Yeah. So I'd be thinking about my shelter. Yeah. And I'd be thinking about earning a living, even if it's, you know, a meagre living. Yeah. So these uncles that I've met, I'd probably ask for basic jobs or if we're going to help them with anything. 
um, and try and sort out some shelter for me. Yeah. And it might be in the masjid sorts that out. Yeah. But then I think after that, I would start thinking a bit more aggressively because that bit is just about survival. Yeah. And then it's about what's my growth? Mm. What's my, you know, it's like your <laughs> your shelter and your basic wage are like the the bonds or the sukuk in your portfolio. Yeah. And now I need to find the equities of and the you know the more aggressive stuff. All right. So now you've got yourself like a place at the local garage. Yeah. You're, you know, just changing the tires and doing what have you. There's fat uh, chance of that I'm crap at DIY. Right. <laughs> but I don't know, you you're gonna have to like deal with it. In this thought experiment I'm really good at stuff like that. that. That's the only job you got you've got going at the moment. Yeah, I'll be smashing it. And you're on two hundred pounds a month uh, a week. I was going to say that's... And, you know, that's £800. And the uncle who is praying five times a day, but he's not that ethical. Right. And actually runs a chop shop. And he's like just turning over, you know, cars left, right and centre. Right. Which is close to the heart of the moment for me because my car got stolen. And uh, he's got you staying overnight in the garage. Right. Because it saves him having to buy a guard dog. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got you. You're literally his guard dog. <laughs> and that's your situation. What's your next move? I'd stick it out. Yeah. Um, but I think what I'd, what I'd be doing, as long as it took, but I think what I'd be doing in the interim would be trying to connect with the right people. And I think the people I'd be specifically trying to call out here are people who get the modern economy. So this is assuming that I understand what the economy looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I would be trying to cotton on to the fact that these garages and news agents and stuff like that are potentially a thing of the past. And Do you think? As in, well, if you think about the ability for a young newcomer to this country to access uh, debt, to mm. buy you know businesses like this, yeah. is basically next to impossible. Yeah. Whereas, you know, everything is internet nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. I hear you on that. But I think there still is a potential that future for garages and news agents. Okay, so let's say you're, let's put you in this All right. thought experiment. And are you saying then that you're like, I want to be like uncle? So where am I? Am I in the car garage? Yeah. Instead of you now? Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously this is an interesting thought experiment because you have to kind of divorce yourself from you. Yeah. And let's say I think in that situation, young me who hasn't got educate like university education and stuff and no connections, I would kind of build on what I know well. And if you're in the car garage, you work hard. Yeah. You know that trade inside out. Yeah. And you start developing networks in that trade. Yeah. It's a literally a trillion dollar market. Yeah. Cars and selling cars and fixing cars is literally a trillion dollar market. But is that what you want to do? I think so. Yeah. Because... Is it all about money at this point? I think so, yeah. It's partly about money, but it's also about thinking... It's always about what is my relative advantage here. Mm. Like, I have nothing else going for me other than the fact that I have now spent three months immersed in the car business. Yeah, I get this. I'm now one of probably 1% of people in the UK who have this much knowledge. Mm. And if I probably stay six more months here, I'll be 0.5% of the UK population. But is there not an argument that you should take that knowledge... Yeah. And apply it in ways that are different to the mainstream. Yeah, I think that comes afterwards. What I would want to do is free myself up. I would be thinking at that point, okay, so where do I want to be? I want to be independent and doing my own thing. Yeah. What is this person where I am right now giving me that will get me there? And I think it looks like knowledge 
uh, contacts and data about the economics of it. Yeah. So, I think one of the mistakes that sometimes people make when they're in jobs is they don't really understand the economics of that job. Yeah, yeah. And they're just doing that job. But if you understand that, you know, this is how much someone is paying to get a car fixed and the margin here is this much because, you know, you had to buy these parts in and and then you can understand the weaknesses in the model. And once you start understanding the weaknesses in a model as well, that's then the seed for coming up with something better. And and I know like next to nothing about the car business. So it's hard for me to kind of sustain this and sustain <laughs> this, uh, you know, line of thought. But what I would have thought is that all right. Let's say we're a news agent then. At IFG, we really value someone trying to run a halal business without dealing in riba, and we love it when Muslims bring something innovative to the table. And that's why we support Shropshire Hills-based Euro Quality Lamb, the largest Muslim-owned lamb abattoir in Europe. And I've actually been there, and they're doing something genuinely impressive. And it has infused within it the Muslim ethos. What's special about Euro quality is that out of the 15,000 lambs they process every week, they only select a handful of the best breeds of grass-fed lamb for their home delivery service. The meat is cut how you want it. English cuts, desi cuts, barbecue style. You just don't find this stuff at your local butchers. So order online at eurocualitylambs.co.uk forward slash shop. And reference Islamic Finance Guru to get yourself a free masala marinade worth £4.50 and a YouTube recipe hijri calendar worth £5. Terms and conditions apply. Let's carry with the car idea. I think what I'd be thinking is, where do I see the industry going in 5-10 years time? Yeah. And what are the big trends that we're seeing? And are these being effectively catered for by the current bunch of new car sellers or car garages that I see? Like, are there people who have expertise in electric stuff, like real expertise? And are there people who have expertise in understanding of autonomous cars uh, without any driver, right? How does that whole thing look from a fixing perspective as well? Because you know, if a car is autonomous, then where is it going to get fixed? Is it actually going to come to a garage or will the garage go to it? Who are the people who own these cars? Are they going to be like a fleet that you call on tap like an Uber? Mm. In which case, you know, the fixing of the thing will have to be taking place at, you know, the fleet headquarters, wherever that is. So it's like kind of thinking about really high level, you know, blue sky thinking, where where are we going? And then drawing all the way back to where I am right now. Yeah. And just trying to tap into that. And I think the way that tapping into it looks like is I would be positioning myself like anytime an electric car comes in, that's me, right? I'll be hands-on getting stuck in because I need to know how that works. Yeah. Do a bit of research on the side, maybe on the evening while I've got the garage to myself, have a bit of a mess about, you know, maybe create something on the side now that I know how to work with cars. Yeah. You know, like just put together like an electric go-car or something. Just have a mess about, just to kind of, get yourself understanding how this whole thing works. Mm. And I, I don't know where that, any of that will go. It could be that the thing that you come up with is so cool that you want to, you know, really push ahead with that and try and manufacture it and stuff. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, you become such an expert in electric cars that you become so valuable that you can then partner with someone else who has money, who sees the potential, yeah. set up your own garage. And you see that actually these cars, they're increasing so much. Like really there's demand for like five other garages here mm. and then you raise a bit of you know equity yeah and open up five different garages and then you're into a different ballpark yeah so i see that i think i'm still sticking with my earlier position though of you know if you're young and you know you're a newcomer to this country then the capital bit of what you're saying is going to be quite hard 
It is. So I think, well, I like to think that I would be thinking that I'm going to take all this knowledge and stuff and I'm going to start maybe writing a blog about it or doing YouTube videos about it. That's interesting. Because that's basically free, isn't it? Yeah. That's as good as free. That's very interesting. And you could become, you you might become a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Like that one pound fish guy. Yeah. And and actually, in a car garage, lots of people do lots of videos on cars, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And if you're in and around a car garage, you've got a lot of material. Yeah. And if you've got a following, then you automatically become an asset. Yeah. Because what that means is that that guy will then... I mean, he'll have his following, and he's basically got a ready customer base to tap into. So then, at that point, he could do a few things. He could start renting a place... Uh, take a bit of a risk, hmm. but know that he's got customers ready to come through the door. And that's a great way of building audience Agreed. beforehand. Agreed. So I suppose then to kind of summarize, I mean, from my side, I think both of us agree the high level position is we want to get yourself at a base level first. Yeah. You know, f- food, shelter, clothing. Yeah. And then you build from that by tooling up. You know, all you have initially is just your eagerness and your willingness to learn. Yeah. So just soak everything up. But then the thing that will set you apart from others, other than hard work that you're doing, is having that kind of long-term vision. How you apply you it. Yeah. Because that will then guide you to what you're doing right now. It's no yeah. point just working hard just randomly. Yeah. But if you're working hard towards a vision, yeah, then, you know, that could be quite interesting. And how do you think people can apply that generally? Forget the thought experiment for a minute. Just, you know, youngsters coming up through... Through the ranks. Yeah. Through the uh, Manchester United Academy. Yeah. (laughs) I think they can... I mean, obviously, their basic stuff is always going to be sorted to presumably anyway. Like if, you know, if they're living in a house with the parents. Yeah. All that stuff is sorted. So I think they... uh, Possibly two things. One is I think I really like it when my brothers or my, you know, nephews are forced into controlled difficult situations right or even my son if he's like getting slightly beaten up by you know like a three-year-old kid i'm quite happy with him we're happy with that situation because he's not going to do any real damage but it is teaching my son how to deal with adversity yeah so i think one of the things i'd say from this conversation is put yourself into those kind of situations where you're you know you're pushing out the boat yeah far beyond what you're used to yeah get yourself out of the comfort zone exactly and then from that there'll be lots of learning that takes place and yeah. then you harness that learning to like a long-term vision yeah. that you might have to develop. Yeah. What about your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that. I strongly agree with that. So the parallel is obviously just a junior, you know, after university or whatever, they're into a job. What? How should they approach that job? And I think the key is to leverage the position that you're in by doing all of the stuff that you mentioned, i.e. take the benefit of all the learning, you know, really understand the economics behind the scenes, talk to partners and people like that that actually understand the business, but then have a long-term strategy and long-term place that you want to take all this stuff to. And by doing that, then hopefully that should be lead to something quite successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you are. Uh, There you have it, folks. If you have any questions or thoughts about things that we should be talking about and covering, then please do let us know. You can actually go on our website, go on the podcast section and just send us a recording of your question. And, you know, people who do that, we will put it onto the podcast and we will answer your questions. So please do get in touch. And um, other than that, we shall see you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah khair. 
If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.